Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who are going to help you find the method of the madness. Reason in the unreasonable makes sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? Fantastic. How are you guys? I'm doing great. I guess what I just found out. What? Yes. Yes, Aaron. I get to go to Fort Worth, Texas. In two weeks oh for a flat God. earth meetup. Oh and I'm so God. excited to share with you guys <laughs> all of the fun talks that I get to have. So we're definitely doing flat earth soon because that shit's very exciting to me. Uh, let's just get it over with, like ripping a band-aid off, please. <laughs> I mean uh, <laughs> I you'll have to let me know like what to look up for that, because otherwise I'll just be like, I trust the physics. It's a curve, man. <laughs> You retards can trust whatever you want. That shit's flat as a pancake. We can bring in demonstrations of light refraction. I think that'll be yeah, a good start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll get Popping a, out for a little physics experiments on, on webcam. Yeah, I'll get a laser yeah. pointer and a glass of water, and it'll be amazing. It'll look like magic. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's mind will be... Will be bl- uh, blown. It's going to be great. Will it look like zero distortion over the course of, like, 50 miles? Or, like, you know, a very hard degree angle in what? several inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> no, you I'm talking about the fact that you can see. Pool? Eh, it doesn't matter. That's for the Flat Earth episode. But anyway. It'll, it'll be great. Okay. And, yeah, yes, yes. This argument's supposed to be in two weeks. Okay, okay. We just have to get tensions up in advance in anticipation Something, but before we get to any, or, well, y- something yes. that we can all agree on is the phone number. Yeah, oh, man. God damn it. How to say the phone number. <laughs> all right. The voicemail line call in at 1 333 That's 1 Very nice. Yep. Let us know if you have any conspiracies you want us to investigate or if uh, you think some of our analyses are full of shit or. What, whatever. No, don't Just do that. Hi. Don't do that other part. Yeah, we don't oh, need that kind of what, negativity oh, on the show. Okay, <laughs> Unless it's funny. <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is that we can all agree that these fucking COVID vaccine fans are getting out of control. We have a uh, a Pfizer ad campaign update, everyone. We got another song on our hands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hit it. What, what Disney parody is it this time? We're going to get it soon, and then we can play. Yay! I'm so excited. We will get to play together when it's done. The shot. We will get to play together when it's done. The shot. We will get to play together. We will get to play together. We will get to play together when it's done. The shot. Oh, does this God. lady think she's like eight years old or something? Oh, Just, what, she, what's going on? Oh, dude, they're I'm very confused. There are more red flags than a communist march, <laughs> like a Chinese communist <laughs> march with that video. Like that lady has the craziest eyes. She looks like she's going to eat babies. That's just what she looks like. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, she, well, I thought she was just going to molest them. <laughs> yeah, she looks crazy. She looks like she got bullied every single day in high school. Yeah. Oh, it just. Well, then she then she found her uh, adult weighted blanket, a cocoon blanket and her adult coloring books and her Xanax and her wine delivery service. And she found her bliss. 
Oh, also a few cats. Yeah, she loves all of those things. That's that's entirely Thank God for modern society. She's a trope. Yeah, she's an actual trope. It's insane. <laughs> I, I think there was a tag on there. Uh, it was like conservative Lily uh, on TikTok. I believe it was. Oh God, dude! These. So she does. Un- she understands sarcasm. Oh, I don't know. Does she? I don't. From I don't that video, she does the, she? I don't think she gets the joke. <laughs> I don't think she. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for her because you know, like th- this woman is like trapped or trapped in like. Uh, a brain that's like stuck in like a 13 year old or something like that. Like mentally, like she can't get out of that. She is like an el- elementary school kid, like in her nature. Yeah, kind of. That actually is like what she seems like, like she's yeah. mentally 13. I think that's why she wants to do a TikTok kids show or whatever the fuck she's doing where she's singing these deranged parodies that aren't even good. Like she came up with that in 30 seconds. Like it's not a good parody. And she looked. What do you mean? She's totally going to be the next like Barney or Steve from Blue's Clues or something, right? <laughs> no, she, she's way too ugly for that. She's way too ugly for that. Everyone's done a stupid parody. You got to have one sentence in your head, and you can do the parody to "She's Coming Around the Mountain." Like Bob and Josh are the gayest guys I know. Gayest guys. <laughs> Bob and Josh are the gayest guys I know. Gayest guys. You can just really do that, that like with anything. It's so stupid. Wow. I'm sorry, and you say you're on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I just ha- I'm just missing the bugged out eyes and like I, I don't look deranged enough. Yeah, I mean, just the film it in your your dark room there with the you know com- computer screen light. Illuminating just your face, get your bugged out eyes <laughs> with a cigarette like in hand. You know, don't sleep for a couple days. Yeah, yeah, the cigarette <laughs> in your hand. Perfect. Hey, kids. Perfect. <laughs> I'm here to sing you a song. <laughs> singing song about gay Bob and Josh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just singing par- like childish parodies of I just make every song gay about being gay. <laughs> Wait, may- maybe TikTok is the is the platform for your uh, old folksy conspiracy song. Uh, career yeah all that the boomers would be good we, we really i really need to record those and just throw them on tiktok <laughs> and see what happens yeah that would be yeah fun. you do <laughs> need all right mike first i will do that i will do that we'll set a time limit i have to at least put one out like we'll get on what, an hour before the show on on fridays or something and record them how about that deal perfect there you go we'll get cabbage on board too and he'll make sure the audio is great Oh he'll yeah! Love it. Oh yeah! He'll love. He'll love trying to edit my shitty voice singing into my shitty mic. So is uh, what 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 happened to that? Then Mike, you had the mail, Aaron. Still on his it's way. It's coming any day now, dude. Did you see that? Uh, any day, dude. That thing in the Suez Canal or whatever. That that barge was just. I, oh, I oh, think wait, it was, was it in the barge. It was coming across the Memphis Bridge that broke. Was that was that what yeah. happened? Weirdest thing happened. It was it stuck in the Suez <laughs> Canal for thing. months. <laughs> And then it, I think I guess the bridge in Memphis was just one microphone too heavy, and it cracked the bridge, and uh, it was all was lost. I got to reorder it. It'll come any day now. Ooh. Oh, what a shame! <laughs> what a shame! <laughs> so oh, goodness. Okay, let's get into talking about a fun topic tonight. Uh, is a bit of a background. So we've talked about a number of events and movements through. Uh, oftentimes the first half of the 20th century. So we have like the, the Rockefeller revolution of the education system, the, the Carnegie Med School um, and American Medical Association stuff. 
the, the Dust Bowl and um, the incentivizing of big agriculture and big farms and the whole fluoride in the water thing, Edward Bernays and that movement. Uh, how, how would you categorize all those events? What is it? What did those accomplish going into the second half of the 20th century? Scams. What's the, the through line? They're all scams? giant okay. fucking okay. scams for money and power. A system of authority and, and power to scam people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all result in centralizing power. That's yeah. what they all result. That's exact. In. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly it. So government and corporations formally got in bed together with a lot of those movements. Uh, so, I mean, between uh, you know, hospitals, aluminum waste disposal, um, agricultural or you know, big, big farms, um, education system, all, all that. All involved and, and uh, pharmaceuticals all directly involved with the government at that point. It directly, uh, you know, government interests or, uh, you know, money going back and forth at very high, you know, very high levels. But then to the second half of the 20th century, we come, we come out of World War II um, and, you know, have a good uh, 10 years of whatever. And we get into the 1960s and 1970s, which are marked by protests. It's the people fighting back against the government and corporations. They realize they're being taken advantage of. They realize that, uh, you know, from any number of things, from the, the random stupid wars going on in Vietnam or uh, you know, civil rights movement, the feminism, uh, the women's rights uh, protests and all of that, the people fight back. What did they accomplish? What, what came out of that uh, coming into you know, the late 20th century, 21st century? Civil rights? Yeah. So it was like yeah, a yeah, civil, like, rights let's movement, say civil rights movement, women's rights movement, like first wave feminism, um, stuff like that. Martin Luther King so, Jr. Yeah, civil rights. Really, yeah. really annoying protests constantly for the last 50 years. Constant <laughs> okay, bitching. Okay, okay. <laughs> Bobby, yeah, what do you protests accomplish? Like, have, have we gotten anything out of these protests in the last, uh, you know, 60 years? Well, yeah, at the very start of all of the protests, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a constant flow of protests, but they did. women did get the right the, to vote. You know, blacks got equal rights under the law. Uh, what else? I don't know. Other civil Dude. rights stuff. Bob, <laughs> uh, you got to know, know these scams better. They do not let these things just grow organically. I mean, these but, get immediately yeah. infiltrated, and then they say, oh, the protests, so we had to get the result that we exactly wanted. That's how the government does it yeah, every I, time. So, I mean, yeah, we, we had like civil rights acts and voting rights acts and equal pay acts and uh, Title IX and uh, women's reproductive stuff with the, the FDA, the, the um, you know, approving birth control pill and all that stuff. But those seem to be the exact same things that people are still complaining about today, right? Like, you know, the reproductive rights, voting rights for, for uh, African-Americans, equal well, pay for women i think it's yeah? like they still have reproductive rights they still have like equal rights and voting rights and all these things but they're constantly being told that those things are always like under threat of being like stripped away from them by some yeah, like you know the two things they accomplish those protests and then the rights quote unquote that they gained what uh it, it honestly you know it reminds me it reminds me of that guy in game of thrones little finger where he's like chaos is a ladder <laughs> and he's just always like scheming <laughs> It's literally, yes, uh, okay, so now if you promote this whole, uh, you, you start infiltrating these groups that are protesting and you have very inorganic groups starting to form up and 
push public opinion in a certain way. You get the peons and the peasants to decide that everybody around them is their enemy instead of the government. Uh, You give everybody voting rights so that you can uh, advertise to the most trickable and empathetic of our kind, which are women. And then (laughs) you tell them all that you tell women that men hate them. uh, And then you tell blacks that whites hate them and whites that blacks hate them. You just, do that in an endless loop. No one hates the government all of a sudden, and you can advertise very broadly to giant swaths of the population in order to centralize power and get away with insane amounts of crime that in 1930, if you tried to get away with... Actually, probably earlier in that, but like 1900, you tried to get away with, they'd just hang you. They're like, well, get the hanging rope. Time to go kill the president. Like... <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> the president. I thought you were talking about like low level theft. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the fucking well, the the town thief. Stole their rock candy again. Time to <laughs> hang them. Yeah. Third time's the charm. <laughs> get, the, get the news, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Out in the old west and shit like but, that. I didn't realize you were talking about fucking. Uh, I don't know. I was about to no, like holding Paul Cannon or something. Yeah. Okay. So, but there there seems to be a big divide. Ba- back in the 60s and 70s, we have the second wave feminism, women's rights uh, protests and that movement, as well as the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King Jr. and all that going on. But they're pretty... And, and then also, um, the 60s going to the 70s, um, the Vietnam War protests, that those all seem pretty anti-government, seem pretty, uh, you know, I guess, ca- counter-cultural in that way. And they seem to have you know, some specific demands, specific things they want to accomplish, and it's specifically criticisms of the government. How do we get from there to every everyone except the government is our enemy? CIA infiltration of all of those groups that achieved all of those things. Look at all of those, like, entities that have been protesting ever since then, right? They're just rambling on about nonsense these days. The most obscure, like, dumb civil rights you could ever think of, like, at this point, at this stage in the game, the CIA well, has. The... Go ahead. Well, all the people that were lifelong politicians then stayed lifelong politicians. So whether or not the messaging was anti-government, it didn't make anything change in the government. No, what what I'm no, what, but how did the message change? The the message changed because I think the the CIA and like the government and the powers that be, like we all knew that like the FBI like and the CIA like threatened Martin Luther King and stuff like that. They sent him, you know, the like you need to step down, stop doing what you're doing, otherwise we're gonna like you know discredit you or run your name through the gutter in the news media and all this other stuff. Like back then, they they were threatened by these things, and then they started asserting control over them. And using them. That's why they're not threatened. That's why the government's not threatened by these protests, by these, <laughs> by these riots that are happening. Like they are being organized by the government. That is like the whole point. They are now using them as a tool. I I don't even think that's it. I think it got to where we're at today, where uh, we have like, I don't know, we're at like six or seven generations now of literally like Rothschild style education, and then were infiltrated by like just full-blown Marxists that now everybody just subscribes to an appeal to authority and doesn't use any critical thinking skills. And now they're able to get propagandized to 
not at the eight hours at school from ages five to 18, you're propagandized to 24 seven all the time. So the, the critical thinking skills have dropped to a point where people are, are, they'll change their opinion next week based on what the TV tells them. There's no rhyme or reason to it now. That's why you find the most nuanced, (laughs) stupid, petty things that people are complaining about, like being misgendered. What the fuck? Like, that's where that comes from, I think. I think it's just literally people's brains have just been boiled down to like a, a, just a smut, like a slimy gravy. Like, just, 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 people are retarded now. Nice. And I, awesome. I don't think you know what it feels like to have so, so, so feel like, it feels like to have your masculinity called into question. <laughs> we it's, we uh, do it like every week. What are you talking about? It <laughs> happens all the time. My entire childhood okay. was just hey you fat faggot. Like what are you talking about? Like I didn't cry and start a blog. It's fine. You didn't try to kill yourself? No. You weren't like diagnosed or you weren't weren't uh, prescribed psychotropics? No. Because if I asked for, if I want, if I even suggested that as an option, then my own you didn't parents get this would kid kicked off the soccer baggage. team. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, it's yeah, you just get bullied until you learn how to adapt to it. But yeah, yeah you grow with thick age, skin. Can't do that. Very strange concept. All right, uh, Josh, what was the point of your questioning here? Yes, <laughs> Where so, we so went I'm, off I'm, the rails. In, I'm inclined. I'm inclined <laughs> to believe Aaron. What I was, I was uh, trying to read up a bit on. What these extra interests might be you know, going into you know, feminism and civil rights movements back in the, the 60s and 70s, there definitely was FBI and CIA interference and um, a lot of surveillance at the, at the very least. And uh, say, for example, um, uh, Gloria Steinem, she, she was a you know, big feminist person back then. She, she, she's on record as having worked, to, worked for an organization that was CIA funded and stuff like that, where there definitely was a lot of influence but it wasn't it doesn't look like it was specifically you know controlled manufactured moved by the government organizations or little alphabet organizations back then they didn't see or they they didn't uh utilize or take advantage of protests in the same way back then as they do today so it's from from what I was finding out it's exactly what Aaron was saying is education and some of these media ideas Throughout the years, that you know, gradually melted pe- melted away the actual point of these protests, the actual point of uh, you know what these people are trying to get at, and um, melted away people's brains until they're just complaining about every little thing, and we end up with uh, well, I, actually, let's let's fast forward a little bit to the uh, the 2011 Occupy Wall Street. Um, oh yes, honestly, what I think I, I think what they think now, and what what you're saying is like people now. They know for a fact that they're oppressed, but they have no idea why or how to explain it. They have to come up with shit on the spot. It's like when a so it, it's like a four year old is like upset, and they're like, "Do you want the pink?" You're like, "I wanted the pink cup." And you're like, "Here you go." They're like, "No, I wanted the yellow cup." And it's just like it never the color of the cup never mattered. They just were upset for no reason. And that and kind of pattern, thing. It's, yeah. There's a pattern to this too because. It always boils down to like uh, when they try to identify the problem or the thing oppressing them. It's always like a one step solution or one step thinking to get to that thing. Well, it's like somebody else has the answer like, for them. I'm poor. It's like, well, why is that? It's like because minimum wage is so low. <laughs> it's like 
that yeah. one, that'll fix exactly. Everything. Like you, you turn on the TV, you you turn on the presidential debates or you know uh, primary debates for the the 2012 election, or uh, go listen to a late night uh, host comment commentating or, or something, and somebody tells you about that the problem is minimum wage, or the problem is white people, or the problem is uh, you know any number of these these boogeymen. Um, or for like for what you're can, talking about, like women make 77 cents on the dollar to what a man makes. Like they just regurgitate some fucking clip that is basically put in an advertisement form and just put into their brains for them without them ever looking into it. They're just, now they know that women make 77 cents on the dollar of what a man makes. It's like, and you have no idea what that, <laughs> where that number comes from or how they go to that number. It's like, bitch, you've never worked at a job where you made three quarters of what your peer made. So why do, are you taking this at face value? Well, I got lucky. Uh, you don't understand. Uh, it, it, other places, it happens all the time. Probably in the South where it's racist. Like, say something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that uh, those problems specifically are what bring us into um, yeah, 2011 Occupy Wall Street and that big protest, kind of a, a culmination of a lot of these things going on. Um, what are you guys' memories of that? Like, you know, that was just a, a 10 years ago. How that was coming out of, or I guess it was still during the, uh, the 2008, 2007. When, when was the recession started? When did that start? 2007, like the ass end of it. But yeah, it came out of like the, the financial crisis from the, the housing market collapse. And it came out of like the, 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 not the stimulus package, but the, the bailout package that, that Congress wrote up yeah. basically at the time. Remember when 900 billion seemed like a lot? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was how much it was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Quaint times. <laughs> you want to know something even better guys? Wait, we were so modest back then. Third, 35% <laughs> of all of the, all of the U S dollars in existence were printed in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, printer, go burn. We're why do you think go Venezuela mode up in up in here? Why why do you think? Um, well, no, we we have a with the digital dollar coming up. Didn't you read those articles where the Fed is uh, implementing a, a digital money transfer for the unbanked and everyone? Oh my oh, yeah. god, I have the memory of a goldfish, and so now I don't remember calling everyone a conspiracy theorist that says this eight months ago. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no shit. We've known this for a while. Over on the crazy side of the internet, come listen <laughs> to us. We've known this for a long time. Like, since the start of this whole fake flu. No, don't listen to our old episodes. Start at 33 or something. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't go too far back. Uh, um, okay, yeah, so all that, what was accomplished by Occupy? Well, firstly, what was the message of Occupy Wall Street, and secondly, what did they accomplish? Uh, they Well, how, how did I'll, I'll answer the second one first. They accomplished nothing. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the message was rich curious. people are bad, right? They, they didn't get their $15 minimum wage? It was all about... Uh, mm, I don't th- I'll have to look that one up. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, like I think their message was like tax the rich, something about like the 1%. Like That was like really big that's when like the one percent argument came out a lot of the, a lot of the time and just like you know wall street corruption yeah, yeah. and all this stuff like that was really but it, it it got discombobulated so so quickly like that was the funniest thing to see because uh occupy wall street was like the first 
protest that was set up that was so obviously infiltrated from so many different like groups pushing all these different agendas like it it went to protesting wall street to like a week later like they were telling like trans black women to come up to the stage to talk first like otherwise like if you're white get to the back of the line like this is where it all started (laughs) yeah Aaron, were you gonna say something is that where all this started? No. Yeah, that's where it, that's where it got super public. That that's where all of this stuff got super public, and then all this stuff like 2012 was like the year all like the social justice warrior like YouTube videos and stuff like that. Like, oh, right. That's when the term out. social justice warrior yeah. became like a thing. Yeah, that's when it hit. Remember like they thought the that was like a great term. Like they were like, "Yeah, that's me. I'm a social justice warrior," and it just immediately became an insult. And then the insult became super lame in itself, too. <laughs> yeah. In, in that time. term sucks. <laughs> yeah. It has no longevity. No, it. I mean, it does. There's still uh, countless YouTubers who still rant about SJWs to tens, hundreds of thousands of people every single day. Yeah, so, but that's like, that's like they're, they're partially boomer for like trying to stick with no, that, though. Yeah, well, uh, those okay. are the most annoying yeah. accounts to me. The Republican boomer going like, Ah, and just pointing out obvious hypocrisies with like or, yes. crazy leftist ideology. Where they're or like, oh, any one come of on, them? seriously? I mean, can you believe what they're doing now? Oh, so now gender doesn't matter. <laughs> or any one of them that still unironically uses the term snowflake. <laughs> oh god, like, yeah. God. <laughs> like Adam Carolla or someone. <laughs> All those are funny for like a week. Yeah. Okay, Once in sorry. a while one sticks. Like Memes in general don't stick, but a couple of them do, like Pepe. Pepe yeah. sticks. The NPC meme was one of my favorites. I still I still stand by that. NPC that one's still great. Okay. Yeah. I yes. wouldn't call anybody it, but I'll imagine the meme in their face. Like I'll imagine them just transforming. Well, you'll you see their face, face and like and Yeah, and you just know it's man. what goes through my head. I wouldn't be like, You're an NPC. Haha, <laughs> I was so clever, right? I wouldn't do that. But like the meme is so perfect that you're like Oh my god, this is right. This is I feel like I'm walking through Whiterun right now. I was just having Skyrim <laughs> conversations with people. <laughs> oh, I took an arrow to the knee. Thank God I was uh, if I was black, the uh, cops would have killed me. Like uh, just one of those <laughs> these people just go from normal eyebrows to angry eyebrows. That, that's all that yeah. happens. <laughs> all right. Okay. But we we talk about Wall Street with uh, you know, whether it be an identity politics issue or it be a um, financial issue and, and trying to fight against corruption or the one percent and representing the ninety nine percent. Who the the question are one who were they? I mean, I guess they're fighting against Wall Street, the bankers. Who were they fighting against anyone else? And the next question is who or who was supposed to um, you know enact this reform or make meaningful change? Fix the problem. Wait, wait. You're supposed to fix the problem. You answer that question, Josh. Yeah. Who do you think <laughs> yeah. was supposed to fix it? Well, oh, hold on. Because it was such a retarded shit show in that protest that, like, none, none of those questions ever got answered because it was so just taken over by just, like, the, the dumbest people in the park, basically. So go, go ahead, Josh. Answer it. Well, there, there are two reasons. Uh, so... One, I see it as um, kind of an advocacy thing, you know, standing up for the 99%. 99%. So there's the media side of it. Um, there is, of course, uh, going against the, um, or, you know, protesting against Wall Street 
and uh, those who made to profit from the uh, the housing financial crisis and all of that. Um, but then, of course, there's also the, uh, the the government and the like labor unions and everyone the, the companies people worked for who were supposed to fix things. They're supposed to make the lives of the workers better. Um, but there was a funny little twist there where everyone seemed to suddenly come out in support of the Occupy Wall, Occupy Wall Street protest, as in, you know, politicians. So, like, the uh, primary candidates um, debates, you know, going into the 2012 election cycle, they all, like, uh, uh, Romney and Obama, they both came out, you know, pro-Occupy Wall Street or sympathetic to Occupy Wall Street, and Nancy Pelosi and a bunch of other folks in, in uh, Congress did. And then, you know, Hollywood and the entertainment industry and you look at late night shows and actors, they came out as pro-Occupy Wall Street. The labor unions and, like, the, the union reps, they came out as pro-Occupy Wall Street. The Time Magazine Person of the Year th that year was the protester in support of Occupy Wall Street. Huh. So a lot of these people I did who not know that. <laughs> fighting against, who are supposed to help them uh, come up with a solution, um, they're, they're now, you know, allies standing in solidarity. And uh, who's the enemy then? Um, well, I guess also uh, a site that there was um, a survey that uh, of, you know, g general American people, 33% support the protest, 45% opposed. It looks like by by a uh, process of elimination, there's one enemy left. <laughs> <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love like they, they get their picture up on like time person of the year. And then you go back to Aaron's point of like these people are too stupid and their brains are just like gravy at this point. They don't understand that their enemy or their enemy is propping them up and they have their attention spans are too short to realize that they're not winning at the end of the day still. Like they don't get anything <laughs> from this. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I love the, I love the, uh, like adage or whatever the old adage of like, beware of the pit and the pedestal. Like both of those <laughs> keep you from moving forward. <laughs> like if somebody's propping you up and buttering you up like that, like, no, you're right about everything. Like that is just as crippling as being like, you're terrible. But, like, stop, don't believe you're great, and don't believe you're terrible. Don't believe either of those, and just keep doing your own thing and moving forward, because both the pit and the pedestal are the same thing. They just make you not move forward. Very wise of you, Aaron. And, All right. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I want to go back to what Bob was uh, bringing up, where, with the Occupy Wall Street protests... It pretty quickly transitioned to also being a platform for some of these identity politics issues. And the Occupy Wall Street protests were ultimately a, a class-based debate. You have the 99% and the 1%. Replace that with uh, you're oppressing black people or they're, they're the, you know, um, economic, socioeconomically uh, oppressed or, um, you know, point towards that. Conflate race and uh race and class and the the whole message gets muddled and you don't solve any problems and that gets us to you know what we have in the last 10 years but that's kind of the big that's the big question coming out of this when did race get conflated with class and everything else uh in these protests where it, it 
can serve to immediately muddle the, the message and also have the, the you know the obvious defense. Uh, oh, you're anti whatever. You're a horrible racist. It's not a class issue. You're a horrible racist, etc. Et Where does this all stem from? Honestly, I I kind of just want you to tell me. But what my how I've always remembered it is like the dumbest takes ever. All of a sudden, were all over the internet. In like Tumblr, like the Tumblr age is what I call it. Like when every chick had a Tumblr account and everything was like, that's when they started all the, there's no such thing as gender, but if you misgender me, I'll get really mad. And so it doesn't matter how hypocritical my, my uh, stance on this is. It's like, if, if gender doesn't matter, then how do I misgender you? But anyways, but like that, they, they're the same people that would push like, the more black and if you're black, you're better than white people. So the browner you are, the better. And if you're crippled, even that's bonus points. And if you are a black trans cripple, you're will make you emperor. Like that's that's where like that came from. The victim tier list, or what's it called? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a, a oppression tier list. It really is. I love like the half ass. Um... Monty Python, the Holy Grail peasant impression. <laughs> oh, that was actually, I was trying to do just like a hippie bitch. Like, and then, like, just go on a like rambling story. Whatever she thinks of next is just like the next <laughs> thing she goes to. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Josh, just go ahead and just wing it to us because I have no idea where it came from. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a guess though. I, I have a name to drop. How about yes. that? Unless oh, it's spoilers. <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting to. Okay. Okay, go on. Oh no, uh, Bell Hooks. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Bob, who who's Bell Hooks? Uh, the Wikipedia page open. Wait, what? <laughs> I've never heard of this bitch ever in my life. By the way, she is a an African American author, feminist, and social activist. Her writing has focused on the interconnectivity of race, class, and gender and their ability to produce and perpetuate systems of oppression and dominate. She has published over 30 books and numerous scholarly mainstream articles, appeared in several documentary films, and participated in various public lectures, primary through a postmodern female perspective. Yeah. Woo! So, her big thing was, uh, one of her big things was combining um, feminism and uh, black American identity. And th those, and that the uh, you know identity of a black woman is greater than the sum of the parts of black and woman, uh, especially when it comes to oppression. Jokes on her because uh, all it did was annoy black people after eight years enough to now like forty percent of them are Republican. So way to go! You just annoyed them into being right wing. Like that's literally what they did to black people. <laughs> okay. It's cra it's crazy, dude. Like t Twitter or like you, black people on like Twitter, Instagram, fucking, uh, they're all like right wing now. They're except for like a couple dippy college chicks. Like every black chick that looks like she's on like an AT and T commercial, like half black with like cool trendy hair, <laughs> and like she's obviously not. Yeah, that's what you meant by AT and T commercial. Right okay, yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, every black chick that's on a commercial, they all have like that Halle Berry oh, okay. look, like. They kind of have this like mulatto look to them. Yeah, <laughs> those chicks are always the most liberal people ever. With like a, they have this shitty nose ring. Oh yeah, like, and they're like always the one yelling the most about race and shit like that. And racism. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, some chick who's 17 and kind of hot. It's like, come on. Stop. You've not been oppressed your whole life ever. Get out of here. Your life is easy as shit. But then, like, a black dude that's been, like, working in a factory, like, the most based person well, alive. That, that's it. Like, the, the normal people have had 40 years at this point to figure out that, or, you know, these random people, you know, sponsored uh, diverse, diversity people don't stand for them. They, their message is, uh, you know, bought and paid for. Yeah, it's hollow. It means literally nothing. It's just to get you to trick you into voting a certain way. Jesus, some of these okay. Well, so these, these ladies' I, books. Hold on, Josh, real quick. These ladies' books. They're so funny. Ain't I a woman? Black women and uh, women and feminism. Oh my God. Ain't I a woman? I don't know. Is you? Is this from a Sojourner Truth speech? Have, have, you, have you not heard that? <laughs> no. Teaching to transgress. Education as the practice of freedom. Oh God! Whoa, whoa! It I, sounds like you're uh, uh, you know, spinning some conspiracy theory about these people infiltrating the education system, Bob. No, what oh, I'm saying is freedom. Her being a part of the education system, like man, they, she just thinks so highly of herself. <laughs> if I Wait, teach people, find the black masculinity title. Where's where's that one? It's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird with these political ideas. You get an author like her, and she just happens to be in the most oppressed group, so she's morally superior to everybody around her just by existing like that's literally what appeals to these people they love being morally superior and if they don't have to do anything to be moral morally superior perfect yeah like, exactly well, why are so many white chicks into this because they're <laughs> stupid white boyfriends they want to think they're better than immediately by just being like woke yes and all, all they have to guilt. do all they have to do to feel better is like to post something on social media and call the day. And it's like, oh, I, I did my and part. And then they for know society. that they changed the world. Yep. They're, they're better <laughs> than everybody because of so, that. I think this is the it's title crazy. you were referring to, Josh. Uh, the will to change men, masculinity, and love. Everyone needs to love and be loved, even men. But to know love, men must be able to look at the ways that patriarchal culture keeps them from knowing themselves, from being in touch with their feelings, from love. If a man reads that, <laughs> that Jesus will make him Christ. That'll make him uh. gayer faster than the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> nice. Oh god. I, wait, I was thinking though the we re, we real cool black men and masculinity one, but it, it's oh, the okay. same topic as that. Oh, uh, okay. Like we the title you said is just describes the topic of that book. Um. So so I I see these dual figures from the the 80s and 90s bell hooks and then also uh kimberly williams crenshaw um kimberly crenshaw she's the one who coined the term intersectionality oh, uh, great. just as, as a bit of like that's the you know that's the, her claim to fame and honestly pretty much what she does what is it can you just define that for me because it just means uh, annoying bitch on the internet that doesn't have <laughs> any good opinion about anything but i don't actually know what it means yeah the the generalized um definition is is that uh, our um, you know, race, our, well, our, our identity plays into, uh, so generally race and gender, race, gender, sexuality, identity plays into, um, originally it was the laws and legal system, but it's pretty much like everything else in the world. Cause now, now we have our, our climate justice thing where, um, you know, the, how racial identity and is affected or well affects the, um, effects of climate change and all of that, or it's a relevant factor, or um, uh, racial justice, where uh, 
you know, criminal justice stuff is a, a racial topic and all of that, where it's pretty much just intersecting or combining topics with Wait, identity politics. Bob, go back to that Venn diagram. I want to see the close up of this thing. So yeah, how does uh, race, disability, nationality, <laughs> gender identity, sexual <laughs> orientation? Just so four of the five things, four of the five things are immutable characteristics. Judging people based on their immutable characteristics is literally upon. Yeah. what racism is. <laughs> well, Aaron, that's... You shouldn't be pointing point that you, out. You don't sound <laughs> that very is the definition right now, of it. Aaron. They, like, literally drew a, like, Nazi Venn diagram of, like, <laughs> kill the people in these circles. Like, and then they're like, this is the right way to do it, and this is how we identify ourselves. None of those so what things... What you said about the pit in the pedestal? <laughs> Well, literally, only one of those things is something you can choose, and that thing that you can choose is already nonsense and made up. Gender identity. <laughs> At, n- none of those things are things you can choose, so they're literally judging your entire personality with intersectionality based on th- everything that's out of your control. So you are just what you're born as, which is the most racist shit like, that's the most racist, heinous way to look at people I've ever heard of in my entire life. It's insane. <laughs> well, I, I think most sane people think so, Aaron. Aaron, you're sounding like one of those boomer Republicans who's like, but the liberals, but the Democrats are the real racists. Yeah, my problem, my, the difference is I'm not like, so you know what you should do? go vote for Trump and then it'll all be better. I'm like, no, fuck all these people. Look how insane they are. Go start like a farm immediately. Get away from everybody. It's Stop gonna drinking the tap water, everyone. Get a farm, grow your own food. Yeah, it's going to get fucking crazy, guys. I have a sidebar that I want to tell you later, but keep going with this. We'll get back. To- okay, so... With all of that, we have these these two women, uh, Bell Hooks and Kimberly Crenshaw, uh, pretty much introducing intersectionality into the education system, into, well, liberal universities um, in the, the 80s and into the 90s with uh, actually being teachers and also some of what they, they wrote and spoke on. Um, uh, just a comment on, like, the, the whole oppression level of these ladies, too. They uh, Bell Hooks went to Stanford and uh, Kimberly Crenshaw went to Cornell um in the the 80s and so i i just uh feel i don't know um it was i was trying to figure out like what the whole background to that was or like what brought them to talk so much about oppression and um i was left with a uh, some incomplete biographies let's say oh so like they both all of a sudden at the same exact time came out with all their oppression books basically yeah pretty much within within a couple of years but um so yeah they, they both kind of went the whole uh brought brought their own spin into the um you know the uh white or the, the liberal university um setting and came out with all of that and popularized all of that i know exactly so, why uh there's no way they didn't get paid like 20 grand to go to a college and give a speech like that's why <laughs> they did it oh they could see yeah. the trend they're smart business people did they get any grants or where did their funding come from to write all these academic uh, papers and, and books? Well, about they were already authors. Oh, they're they? teachers. They like uh, they, they yeah, they, they wrote like while they're in school and then they were teachers. So like, you know, they had regular jobs. 
a, yeah, a part good, of faculty to make a shit yeah. ton of money. In yeah. my opinion. <laughs> um, but how how does this message? How do these messages of intersectionality get out? So you know, how do they get these messages out to where we are today? Where it's talked about, it, you know, by every politician. It's talked about in the news constantly. It's part of our uh, media landscape from, you know, the late night shows to cartoons to sitcoms. How do we get from two random people uh, writing and teaching at universities to today? Oh, I know. I think I know. It, it, yeah. We created a, a... It started with the job lynch mobs, honestly. That was the best thing that pushed it forward because just having public perception and having enough people complain to, like, your boss like you'd have they have like 200 people call your work every day until your work was like we have to fire you this is crazy like there's too much too many people calling saying you're like a nazi that was like whenever that was the start of everyone being called a nazi it was the job limit mob so then no one in any kind of corporate setting will say anything that's not on script because you'll get fired um, they started that and that was the tool to give the appearance that everyone thinks the same way. And then it became the only way that people talked. And that alone, I think uh, that's the number one tool they use to just get, just to get people to shut up and not like ask a simple question. Like we, here's a perfect example. You posted a stupid clip of this show where we just read wikipedia about the holocaust <laughs> in a light that wasn't exactly the right way to say it and it was cut immediately and we it, what was there like 12 views on it like not even you can't <laughs> yeah they won't allow anything to grow <laughs> organically so people people that don't have a real opinion and don't have a vested like philosophical interest in this stuff will still say it if they think it'll get them money or they'll gain something from it so the people that have that motivation, I want to gain something out of this, will go on and talk in a certain way just to get their own personal gain. And a lot of people just out of self-preservation won't say what they actually think. And then honestly, once you don't say what you think for long enough, you don't really think anymore, in my opinion. You're just, you become this like castrated like herd animal. <laughs> animal jesus Christ. yeah the the sheeple is that is that what we're calling them now <laughs> i yeah. have to ruin it it's getting more and more boomer as as the episode progresses that's the everyone <laughs> that's their terminology I, i've never said sheeple in my life <laughs> yes just some uh a brainless herd animal without a thought of its own okay josh that was at the uh, end of the most fluid rant you've ever heard i know i had to ruin it i just came no, up no, with that at, so, at the top of my no. head Oh, you, you touch upon you touch upon something very central, very key. It's not because so for corporations in that culture and for ever across the you know the U.S., it's not because CEOs went out and read "Ain't I a Woman" or "Teaching to tra Transgress." It's not because you know everyone just picked up that book and read it, or you know went and saw a speech of of bell hooks, or um, you know took a class of Kimberly Crenshaw's. No, it's because of the few crazy people, for example, like you're saying, the job lynch mob who would call someone's job and you know enforce political correctness uh, or fire someone. It's the few crazy people, and this brings me to, effectively, this brings me to that thesis, the, my, my single-line thesis. Okay. Twitter drama is real. 
Twitter drama can affect social change. Twitter drama is real. It's not because you sell a million books because these books didn't even sell very well. They like no, of course they. they well, I mean they no, they, I mean they they sold fine enough, but like they were all through smaller like uh, smaller publishers or smaller imprints of publishers. They if you that's that's what the good Goodreads links are for. Um, I was they wanted to go through the reviews and like kind of see what the impact these books were. There's not a lot of impact or not a lot of reviews on them. I was I was looking for compare for comparison, like uh, you know some more recent things of uh, you know social books. I was looking at the Twelve Rules of Life, Jordan B. Peterson, and the White Fragility book. Those have more than ten times the the ratings and reviews than these two supposedly influential authors in all of their books. No oh, shit. And yeah, yeah, and go, going yeah. So it's it's not that it's not what they wrote. It's not what like people who heard them directly. It's Literally just the, the small group of Twitter-minded individuals back in the 80s and 90s who, and coming into the 2000s who uh, spread these ideas like, uh, you know, through, through drama, through um, controversy. Well, okay, here's my theory on it. Because I, I felt like it just spread like wildfire through like the academic humanities community, right? Like all of these professors and teachers that are teaching like these these classes that don't even need to exist at the end of the day, <laughs> like all of, yeah. all of these teachers. And then the teachers are having, they're giving chapters and stuff like that to kids and they're teaching their overall premises to kids. Like, I, I think it was like under the radar. Like I understand there's not a lot of book reviews on them and there's not a lot sold, but like, but if you sell that to a teacher who's been, te who teaches that, that, that theory in that class for like, say 15 years, like that all of a sudden that I, that poisonous ideology starts spreading. You know what I mean? Well, it, Oh, definitely. That's the thing now. That's the, yeah. where we're at now. But I think back in the, the nineties that it hadn't spread to that extent. I don't think that's how it spread in the nineties or it brought us to the, the modern day of, you know, the modern discourse of intersectionality. Okay. Well, I, I don't think it's, uh, that it's just a few crazies though. It's just the people at the top for, very specific reasons want you to only see the crazies to give the illusion that that's how everybody thinks in order to push society to behave in a certain way. Um, it'd be like the same as if there's a yeah. hundred TV screens, 10 of them are uh, Kimberly Crenshaw talking about intersectionality, feminism, blah, 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 blah. 40 are like boomer Republicans, 40 are boomer Democrats. Uh, and then you have like uh, me shouting about the moon and then like nine kids streaming Fortnite. So what the people all, all you end up seeing instead of it being like, oh, most people are boomer Republicans and Democrats. You'd see you just they flip off all the TVs except for the 10 intersectional feminists, like eight of the Democrats, four of the boomer Republicans and the, like three kids streaming uh, Fortnite. And then you're like. Wow, I guess everybody's an intersectional feminist now. They're really popular. It's just what they allow you to see. It doesn't. It's not a uh, reflection of reality in any way. No, that yeah, that's that's exactly it. I think you described it uh, better than better than I did. And um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, for uh, some for a parallel example, um, recently DC Comics did their uh, round robin thing. It's effectively their idea of March Madness, where they have a bracket of uh, you vote on which comic books can get made. Um, and there was the Justice League queer pitch, and 
uh, there was a, a bunch of controversy on Twitter to that, a bunch of engagement on Twitter, and a bunch of people complaining, oh, how did that lose to this, uh, um, this pitch for, you know, Robins, uh, it, known Batman characters that everyone likes versus uh, some random Justice League queer pitch. And that's, but, so, that's what everyone was talking about. You go on YouTube, everyone was talking about the controversy. You go on Twitter, uh, a ton of engagement, supposedly. There was also voting on Instagram, which got roughly 10 times the votes or or many times the votes <laughs> but because it doesn't have that feedback loop system or doesn't have like the the same you know public discourse as twitter no one saw that so that's how yeah that's that's ever that's the boomer republicans right there and the, the uh who are the you know not stirring up trouble or not not this controversial crazy thing that the the you know, uh, higher-ups want you to see and then you just see these this yeah small group of uh, you know, controversial opinions over on Twitter, and, but yeah in in this instance like or I, that's actually enacting the social change I I think yeah it's that's, not it's not yeah. organic it's just they're only letting you see those people like that's why they pretend like they're not banning anybody when all of us have been kicked off of every platform like multiple times like every platform you use for like. Not that crazy it takes. <laughs> no. And like, you just get yeah. banned immediately for not so that when people go to Twitter, it's like, wow, I guess everybody is really into being they them and intersectionality. I guess that's how everyone thinks now. Uh, I guess I'll better shut up at work and know and not say what I think. I was actually I was actually thinking about that. You know, we talk about like the vaccine, like when they do the vaccine passport, which they're absolutely pushing for. Which, oh yeah! Again, setting oh, yeah, like ago. every EU country is saying they're doing it. So yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so another reason to get a farm, get the fuck away from these people. They're retarded. But um, honestly, just not saying what, being afraid to say what you think because of like job lynch mobs and like because you might get in trouble at work as an adult or whatever or you know, within a reasonable you know, have some decorum, but don't. Don't lie about what you believe or not be afraid to say what you think in a certain situation. That's the same as like when people are comparing the the uh, vaccine passport or like the chip ID shit is like Mark of the Beast. The other Mark of the Beast is just not being able to say what you think so that you can also have a job like that's all that is what that is talking about. It's not a specific thing that's like. This specific ethereal event where everyone, you know, uh, oh, yeah, this is this real like this is a spiritual event in the future that, uh, you know, you get this mark specifically and then you can buy and trade. It's talking about all of that, talking about altering what you believe in and not speaking the truth because uh, you want like to be able to buy grocery like, you know, buy a, I don't know, an Xbox. <laughs> I have to get the Vax Pass to buy my ex my Xbox. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it just don't don't be that person. Like it, it makes everything shitty. Like that's what it's talking about, in my opinion. Like even just not talk, you know, just being afraid to be like, I guess I better not say anything. Everyone's an intersectional feminist now. 
I bet. I guess I better pretend to be gay so I can pick up chicks at the college next door. Well, like, it's stupid. I, I guess I better <laughs> stop talking about this uh, this class divide between us and Wall Street. Um, it, to to make way for uh, you know all, all these black lesbians who have a very important um, platform yeah. to talk about right, right now, who are ten times more oppressed than me. So I'm not allowed to have an opinion now. You know why? Because two weeks ago they came up with that on Twitter. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Is that the, the Twitter? You know, Twitter and Twitter type uh, movements are actually affecting people and their decision making. And you know, the the comic book example is, or like, or you know, the modern day examples are. Oh, but you know, those people complaining on Twitter, they're not buying the books, or it's not affecting the sales of the books, or it's uh, it's not affecting the the votes for an election, or it's not you know um, affecting whatever. Uh, the tangible outside of that and it's not uh, selling bell hooks book uh, teach tra- teach to transgress but that doesn't matter in the end it's still enacting social change because it's not though that's the thing that's weird is it what the only person that affects it isn't the twitter users it's literally like jack doyle like sitting there depend he just decides what users get to say stuff so it's not this small crazy mob. it's one guy it's always one guy at the top. And then it's it's not just him. It's whatever guy is his boss. Because he's got one. Whether you can see it or not. he He's also got a <laughs> boss that he answers to. And then it's that guy's fault. Like, it's a small handful of people that dictate how society is perceived. You still have to choose it. Don't fucking listen to these people. They're constantly lying to you. And everything is fake and gay. Especially Twitter. Hallelujah. What a great <laughs> sermon tonight. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love the pit and the pedestal. That was great. <laughs> really <was. laughs> it's true, oh though. Yeah. That, that's ultimately what I want to get to. It was, it was a long history. Uh, it, yeah. Coming through a lot of the, the social change and social movements of the last hundred years and how how that has come to you know where we are today with my thesis, Twitter drama is real. I hate you so much, Josh, for your thesis. <laughs> like, I, I just hate it, honestly. But yeah, it's obviously like an inter-office like, argument that gets out of control, and then all of a sudden there's an HR policy that's set, and then that HR policy gets carried over to the next, you know what I mean? Like Something similar to that is, is taking place. And it's like, if you freak out well, enough... That sounds a lot like a grassroots movement to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they've taken over all these businesses. Like, it's insane. Like, I don't know how, like, a, a, a smart person managing, like, a large business like that would allow these types of people to be hired into their firms, basically. Like, the, the people that are so excited to uh, cancel someone and um, do a job lynch mob on someone. And then also, like, the type of people that are like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not black enough, so I'm going to step down so another, like, more black person can can run the company just to give better representation. It's like, he's... Oh. Jeez, it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I mean, there, there there seems to be, you know, there always seems to be an appeal or seems to be something uh, trendy about these new ideas or that, um, say, well, so I think the New York Times was a, a big example of where there's this this whole um, generation of like just out of college journalism's coming in with the, you know, the new age of journalism or, the, you know, the modern day journalism um, and uh, kind of bringing that, that culture in and taking over from there. But when they were hired in, a lot of their ideas were the new up and coming social things and looked like they were going to sell papers and get clicks and stuff. So 
like it it made sense to begin with and then like a like a parasite did they just you know the feed and take over the host body <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's exactly what happened yeah to all to all like these news agencies hell like even like the new york times has fallen to the such prestigious Garbage new york times oh my yeah God. <laughs> is now talking about yeah, like woke who, culture and who we already discovered was they throwing out massive pop propaganda and like 1900 <laughs> <laughs> like nope, just in the last last 10 years last <laughs> nope, five years it got really bad though in the last five years guys. Really bad. I mean, that's why i said the prestigious new york times <laughs> come on guys <laughs> they would never tell a lie <laughs> pre- prestigious okay uh sidebar that sidebar. i wanted to get to yes. real quick yeah i am seeing a lot of people have problems with these vaccines more than i anticipated Really? What, was oh, it you like that was talking five, about that? five or ten, maybe a couple dozen? Oh, dude, like just the Internet in general is just littered. And you know how I love anecdotal evidence. The, the Internet is just littered with people that are like, I don't know what to do. My brother is just like has blood clots and is in like the ER. Like it's okay, littered. About that. I'm going to start bringing some of those stories in while you're like a weekly vaccine injury story because they're crazy. Like. Now, I don't think we're talking like every single. Well, I don't think like we're going to talk like everybody that gets these is going to like drop dead. But I think we're going to see like a crazy amount of people drop dead in the next year. It's funny because a lot of people have been writing into the No Agenda show about their side effects with taking the vaccines and everything like that. They typically explain why they they rush to get it and everything. Usually it's um, they're scared into doing it because they want to travel, especially around the world and stuff like that. They end up getting the vaccine. And then what was it? One lady was saying, oh my God, I watched Emily in Paris and I just had to go to that cafe. Whoa. <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> Oh, so the, the so chic one, Sorry, go on. one older lady wrote in saying that she was like re-experiencing menopause <laughs> after getting the second shot of the vaccine. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? So, wh- why did that was the thing, too, with uh, th- there's been all this um, uh, menstrual irregularities uh, from after people taking the vaccine or uh, unvaccinated people around people taking the vaccine. And it's it's been reported that. When they did the the safety trials last year, they just didn't take any data uh, for women's periods, women's menstrual cycles related to the vaccine, vaccine safety. And that's kind of like, you know, a regular cycle is a a very uh, consistent metric of or it's a very, um, you know, traditional metric of overall health of a woman's health. Yes. Yeah. So and they just neglected to take any, I I guess. (laughs) Dude, they tested it on ferrets, and all the ferrets died, so they stopped. They they mass purged all of the ferrets and minks around the world, like because the, the, the test didn't didn't result in the in what they wanted it to. So they kind of got rid of the evidence. Uh, it's going to be great. There are there's actually um, lawsuits going on in um, in Europe for about the how they killed all of the minks there. Because they were involved in the the testing process for the vaccines and stuff like that, and they just mass murdered all of the minks. What do you mean, all of the minks? Like the ones in the lab, not. No, all of them. Like the entire country was like purged of minks. How? What are you talking about? They just started uh, all the plague among. No, it was just like they went to all the mink farms and just told them to get rid of it because, well, a I think at the time that uh, the government doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> I'll have to look into it and explain. Aaron, it find better. a clip of some uh, the random lady in a pantsuit telling us about this. I'm not gonna fucking be able to find a clip about this. This shit's fucking <laughs> banana sounding. This yeah. sounds retarded. I'll I'll, I'll find more. Should we, should we do a thirty second it? Google break and like find out that it's uh, everywhere? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll bring it in next week. Just a little tidbit on okay. it. But they've been murdering all like the minks over in Europe for some ungodly reason. They thought like the other it was one. A, yeah. Well, sorry. I no, thought they that was the they thought story. it was like a vector for COVID back at like in in the early days. Who knows if they were testing like the vaccine? Everything was. Stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, swollen toes was COVID toe. So we gotta take what they say with a grain of salt. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> COVID toe? toe? I'll never forget about that for the rest of my life. It's <laughs> a real bad case of COVID toe. <laughs> I, oh, I got that COVID toe. Again, insane. That um, amputate. No, the other one that's fucked up is uh, people that got the vax are able to. Uh, not all of them, but a lot. And I've seen literally a hundred videos of this and some from people that are like don't just make shit up where they can just stick a magnet to their arm and it sticks where they got the shot uh what <laughs> yeah wait 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 i thought i saw a headline that said there weren't magnets in the vaccine well no there's not magnets in the vac. you don't magnets don't just stick <laughs> to other magnets you know that right <laughs> yeah yeah i know uh but i did see some headline about that yeah, because it's real. Or some like Snopes that Snopes article or something. I don't know, something stupid. What? Denmark shaken by call of millions of mink? <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying, oh, dude. There, are, there was a shock Wait, last week when Denmark. Those decided things are adorable to too. This, this is in November 2020, by the way. Uh, there was shock last week when Denmark decided to call all of its mink. Up to 17 million animals because of the spread of coronavirus. The national coal has turned up a political outcry. Now the prime minister has admitted the plan was Russian and had no legal basis. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine? What? You know what this would be like? Are they like endangered now? <laughs> this would be like in 1985 if they're like, oh God, there's this AIDS thing. Kill all, Kill the, all gay the gay monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to have any gay monkeys spreading AIDS here in our part of neck of the woods. Oh, what? God. Holy shit. You thought I was just making shit up, too. Yeah. Okay, um, now the whole world in Denmark. All in the Den- Denmark. Yeah. And, well, I, I would say in Europe, yeah. The hub of mink population, I guess. Who, I don't... Who decide? Who convinced somebody what? that mink were, minks were fucking spreading coronavirus and then decided to give the kill order? Pfizer. Somebody wanted to give his Six wife months. some fur coats. <laughs> Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pfizer. Oh, fucking Pfizer. Jesus. It was Pfizer. Seriously? <laughs> no, Pfizer I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Aaron's okay, like Jesus. freaking out I, over there. <laughs> getting fuzzy with Pfizer. Well, to um, be fair, I that sounded like you do like, that, like very believable. I would believe it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it yeah. Is. I'm sure if you do like five like, minutes of research, you'll find out that it, it actually was them. But I also have some yeah. science news for today, by the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I love right. discoveries in science. <laughs> you you see scientists. this headline already? <laughs> this, this headline's fucking I retarded. Didn't. This is great. News, astronomy, sciencenews.org. Neutron stars may not be as squishy as some scientists thought. <laughs> it's like a fucking dodgeball or something. <laughs> hey, bo- bo- you got like a little, little neutron star stress ball or like Give, at your desk. Yeah. Quick you question. You're, you're, you're a scientist. You're a man of science. You you like science stuff. I love science. Um, you're not a not a <laughs> fucking drooling retard like me who thinks the Earth's flat. You're a science man. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> how the fuck would you tell how squishy a neutron star is? <laughs> um, well, there's a buoyancy test, right? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> just ca- just curious, because as far as I know, we haven't been able to fly to any neutron stars, have we? Have well, we gone yeah. to other solar systems, and I don't know about that? <laughs> squishy. I love and then white. We have something to test the squishiness of it and say, what the fuck are they talking about? Well, wait, wait. Have you have you considered that maybe an alien told us? There's been all this news recently about the UAP unidentified aerial phenomena recently. That's and true. And how the, the DOD has confirmed that they happen uh, constantly. So, I'm sure some I'm I'm sure, you know, some of these abducted people because obviously abductions are happening. Uh, I'm sure some of these abducted people were told about the squishiness or non-squishiness of neutron stars by these uh, more scientifically advanced aliens. My one fa- my one like thing that I'm holding on to for faith in humanity right now is I am incredulous at how many people don't A, give a shit or B, believe the stupid alien shit that the government's (laughs) trying to get us all to believe in. I have not heard a single person be like, holy shit, dude, there's aliens now, except for like a few talking heads on like shitty internet shows. That's it. No one else has tried, like, no one, not a single real person has been like, yeah, there's aliens now. And if they do bring it up, they're bringing it up to make fun of it. It's like yep. the government hid aliens from us for 80 years successfully. And then uh, all of a sudden they just told us all about it. Why now? Huh? I, I wonder what what's going on right now that they would need that as a distraction. Or are they, I don't know planning their big gay fake alien invasion with their stupid holograms that they can make in the sky because they can do that that's project blue beams real they can do holograms in the sky so it's fucking stupid Wait, guys distraction you said aaron there, there's yeah. nothing going on in the world they would want to distract us from yeah no that's why they're flipping the script on the coronavirus wait until uh, all the everyone starts dying and they're gonna say no nothing to do with the nothing to do with the vaccine it's just a third the 33rd wave of uh, coronavirus. Nothing we could do about it. <laughs> uh, okay, Bob, tell us more about these uh, squishy neutrino stars. Like a dried up lemon from the back of a fridge, neutron stars are less uh, squeezable that's a than scientists that. expected. Oh, Physics. Oh, it's like, they're like a dried up lemon. I thought they lemon. said squishy, not they're squeezable. The same thing. Those things are different. <laughs> Squ- well... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of similar. Yeah, guys, a neutron star, which we've never been able to verify even exists, we're just guessing. Or uh, the sheer size that, and scale of it, like, it's like, okay, what squeezability does there have to be for something that large? There's nothing that large to, like, pressure into it. What are you talking about? Yeah, what's like, squeezing it? <laughs> Is it squishy compared to Earth? What are you talking about? <laughs> They're just talking about, like, how dense it is. When a dying star explodes, it can leave behind a memento, a remnant crammed into the neutrons. These neut- uh, neutron stars are extraordinarily dense, like compressing Mount Everest into a teaspoon. Uh, yeah. So. All right, Bob. At, how how long ago did you realize that you're reading really poorly written Arthur C. Clarke uh, novels in like shitty article form? <laughs> when did you realize that that was happening and not this has nothing to do with anything scientific? 
For this article, or do you mean in general? In general, with <laughs> like, all of these articles. In general, I like, probably kicked in in like 2011 or something. Doesn't doesn't this literally read like a like a like an 11 year old trying yes. to write a child. like a book report science based on novel. science fiction? Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh like, yeah. It's like a dried up lemon from the back of the fridge. Neutron stars are less squeezable than expected. Physicians report like. <laughs> What the fuck? I love that. All those were real. That was the article. That's I just read an article from a fucking guy who calls himself a journalist. <laughs> Probably calls himself a scientist. No, a science journalist. A science journalist. Yeah, oh, that is geez. that is a right. high, it's a very esteem. specialized field. Hey, some science journalists he, he, get on so, Joe Rogan podcast. Don't you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that bit from Office Space where it's uh, like, I'm a people person. I talk to the people so the engineers don't have to. It takes it takes that expertise, that uh, specific educated knowledge in both science and uh, quality, clear written communication skills to become a science journalist. It's actually a pretty good analogy. He literally is that guy, but as a journalist, he's like, ah, you don't understand. I talk to the scientists, and then I talk to the people. Scientists can't talk to people. I'm a people person. Yeah, all the scientists, because they're so obsessed with finding truth, are just super autistic. That, scientists can't come up with analogies like a dried up lemon in the back of the fridge. Are you insane? <laughs> Who else could have thought of that? Dude, it's genius. like that guy with forks on TikTok to talk about the the, the vaccine. Did you see what? that? No. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was the most retarded thing ever. Um, the, I'll give a, a quick description. So, to describe how an mRNA vaccine works, uh, this guy used uh, forks as a comparison to a virus um, and how how your body so effectively like the idea is you're not or the the mr or mrna vaccine simulates the virus protein spike or whatever but it's not the actual virus itself but you create an immune response to the relevant the uh, longer you, you keep know, talking with this description <laughs> the more you sound like this journalist talking about dried squeeze oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I was gonna say just effectively going downhill uh, uh, <laughs> A guy used forks to describe Wikipedia page. Let's go on. Um, That's great. Yeah, Bob. How, how does this? How does this affect? Uh, you know, the technology in our lives and the future of the Earth. The squishy neutrino star. This is the, like the. No, wait, wait. The, but I, I read that. Uh, okay. Every every dollar invested in NASA into NASA puts like five dollars back in the economy. That was one of my favorite things ever. Like I would love to know how they <laughs> figure that. Well, because they invented part- Velcro. The Velcro <laughs> industry. Come on, Aaron. Totally. Like, it is going to be something stupid like that where they're like, well, Velcro counts for this much money every year. So technically, NASA did that. Yeah. That's great. So, okay. I, I don't... Uh, getting back to your question there, Josh. No, we, yes. we do not benefit from this knowledge in any way, shape, or form. Nor uh, is it knowledge. It's just a shitty story. The grant that money. No one knows that. And no one could ever I fucking possibly... prove any of the things that they say that they know in this. Yeah, the grant money has I been wasted. Less knowledge after reading this. Yeah, it, it's just money being thrown into the wind, basically, with these people and all these people trying to figure out how squishy uh, a solar body is not only this christ this is the second time they had to revisit this they used to think it was squishier yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to see the article from five years ago. It was. Yeah. That's like neutrino stars as squishy as a I, I don't know overripe melon or something. I just something imagine stupid. this is like some. This has to be a scientist, quote unquote, that did this study. Is getting grant money because his like brother is like or his like brother in law is like the dean of this college. So he's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Find out the real squishy, squishy, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll <laughs> give you the equations tomorrow. And then five years he needs to re up it. I love. Uh, the- it turns out it's not squishy at all. Well, well, you're saying that this this ultimately is uh, reinforcing the scientific rigor and the scientific method behind some of these discoveries. Because as, as we all know, as you learn more and as you perform more experiments and collect more data and uh, either reproduce or fail to reproduce an experiment, you may change your theories. So we had the squishy theory, but new data came to light. <laughs> and now we have, yeah. we have, um, no, no, superseded that with the less squishy. No, go That's with the, the funniest sque- part. Go with the squeezability form- formula. <laughs> Yeah, ditch the squishy, get the squeezability. <laughs> squeezability. <laughs> well, it's like luminescence and oh brightness. God, you know, they're two different things. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus Christ! Like astrophysicists are talking about the internal structure of a of a fucking star, and they're describing it not as like, oh, there's a structural member here, like where where all the support is in like the center and shit like that. No, they're talking about, oh, but if you squeeze it, you can squeeze it like this much probably, you know? <laughs> it, it's literally no different. These real scientists with PhDs talking about the squishiness of a fucking star that they'll never go to, never can go to, it can never test, is exactly the same as two nerds arguing about lightsabers how, work, how, how hard yeah, okay. Sauron's yeah. armor is. I, I'd like to, I, I'd it's like the to exact think, same thing, except one's a prestigious job that gets paid a lot of money. So I, I'd like the to think that there's a real scientific discovery, a real and beneficial scientific discovery that came out of this. And the reporter is just shitty, but we'll never know. Yeah, you'd like to think that you can't even conceive in oh, your no, head not. what that well, could I'm, possibly be because of how Aaron, fucking I'm not an astrophysicist. No, I just no have way. to trust the experts. I'm I'm a I I'm a know enough about science to know yeah, that Josh. they are the experts and that I should trust them. All all my opinions are deferred. Thank you very much. This would be exactly the same as them trying to figure out the ag- agricultural benefits of using <laughs> unicorn manure. <laughs> This is fucking stupid. <laughs> and then you it. going, not only reading that, then you go, well, I hope that, I hope that someday that we can gain some Aaron, kind of insight from the Now I want to go on to my little pony forum about and find out if the planet. fucking farmer ponies have an answer for this question. <laughs> and you dare to plant a seed in my head and it's so wrong, so stupid. Uh... You're going to see a lot of things you don't want to see if you're on a My Little Pony forum. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. That's, that's yeah, it. That's thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Once you get off on a bronies, you have to just end it. <sighs> God damn. Yeah, man. 50 of these? You've got mail. What the fuck?